it was a journey because I had to go from or being willing to like open up to even have that experience to see who he was in the first place, but then to be willing to open back up again after I got hurt. And it is a very hard one lesson. You are listening to an exclusive interview on the Finding Faith Above podcast. I am your host, Shelby Hosfield, on a mission to help you find your true purpose in his great name after leaving religion. Here's a hint. It's all about grace, girlfriend. Here we are pushing past the baggage of religion and what this world has to give us and discovering how to live our purpose through God's grace, not works. I spent years turning my back on him after leaving the church, but he never gives up on us. Today, we are listening to a beautiful story of faith. Nothing speaks to our soul like a good transformation story in Jesus. This is Sunday School mixed with the best coffee talk with your girlfriends. You are listening to Finding Faith Above. Patricia Sung helps moms with ADHD get their crap together one step at a time and feel confident in running their family and their life. After years of serial entrepreneurship and teaching middle school, she has a uniquely practical perspective on strategies for building a life that works with your brain, just works a little bit different. She shares heartfelt truth and painful struggles through her podcast, Motherhood and ADHD, in order to be a lighthouse for mamas who have ADHD. Today, we are so lucky to have Patricia with us where she is going to be sharing her walk with faith. It's different than everybody else's because no two walks are the same. How does people and relationships and the church all factor into her story? Let's find out. Hi, Patricia. How are you doing? I am wonderful. How are you? I am doing so good, and I'm so happy that we finally made this work, despite the lightning and the internet and my son's broken arm and everything. It felt like it was going to be a mission to make this happen, but I'm so (laughs) glad we're here. (laughs) I feel like whenever God has it ordained that we'll get together, we'll figure it out eventually. It might not be on our timing, but it will get done eventually. (laughs) I was listening to one of your podcasts the other day. You had a guest on there and you guys were talking about being intentional. And if you put it on your planner, you have to question yourself. Why did I put it on my planner in the first place? And oh my goodness, I needed to hear that the other day so badly. (laughs) I was like, thank you. I I need to hear that on a daily basis too. (laughs) I love it. Me too. And I love your podcast as well, because it just speaks so closely to my own heart because my mother is very much ADHD. And I've always said she beats to her own drum. And if you try to follow her drum, I mean, bless your heart. It's never going to end up working out, but that woman gets more done than anyone I have ever met. She just does it on her, in her own way. And she's amazing. (laughs) You know, I think that is the key to or not the key, but like one of the keys to not even just when you have ADHD, but for anyone, it's like, you don't have to do things the way that everyone else is doing them in order to be successful. You need to find what makes sense for you and your life and who you are. And then from there, it's so much easier than trying to conform to what you, a lot of times it's even like what we think we're supposed to do. It's not even what people have told us or we've interpreted some way but you know, those messages are hard. And yeah, when you figure that out, like, I'm, I'm like, oh, I'm so proud of your mom. Like, especially, <laughs> you know, I'm just guessing she is older than we are, obviously. And that was a time where ADHD wasn't really known well, especially in women. So for her to figure out what works well for her and, and rock it, like, 
That's amazing. Yeah, it is pretty cool because I, she honestly wasn't even diagnosed with this until, I mean, even a few years ago, but I mean, we all knew it just because the way that she moves through life is, you know, it was different, but I mean, like I said, she gets so much done. So, but we're talking about, um, today about your story. And I think this fits in with it, that everybody's story is so different. The way that we move through this world is so different. And I just like to open it up and ask you to share your story and how you came to Jesus and how you came to Christ and how he's working within your life. And so I'll just open it up to you. Oh, okay. So I am like, got to condense all this down into a a small bubble. Um, I grew up in a family of five, well, five kids, so seven in total. And I was raised Catholic. So I grew up with like, you went to church every Sunday, unless you were dying, then you better show up. And while I truly appreciate the commitment that my parents taught me, I don't feel like I really connected with Jesus. Like I didn't have a true relationship. Like I knew a lot and I did a lot, but I didn't really know who he was until probably, you know, I was trying to think back. I'm like, I can't remember exactly what year of high school it was. It was probably like sophomore, junior year. Um, we went to a youth retreat and I heard another teenager speak who was probably only a year or two older than I was. And he told everyone, he, he shared his testimony, which was unusual back in in the day in Catholic churches was kind of like a, like I look back now, I'm like, wow, that was unusual. And his story touched me so deeply. It was like, that's when I realized truly like who God was, like who Jesus was and how I could like know him and not just know of him. And then of course, you know, things are never an easy and straight path. So um, shortly thereafter, they disbanded the youth group that I had this, you know, transformational moment with Jesus. And I was so angry, so angry as like, I mean, I was probably like 15, 16 at the time, so mad. And it was like, I just went back to where I was before, where it's like, I knew of God, but didn't really know him anymore because I was so mad at the church and the people. And I obviously can, I know more now at, you know, being almost 40, like than I did at 16, but I, I didn't know how to separate the people from my relationship with him. And so I got very hurt by the people and it took many years till I went back to the church. And we know when I went off to college, it was just like, I showed up at church, like, you know, twice a year and it took a long time to get back to the place where I was willing to be open again, because I felt like I was, I was open and then I got hurt. So I closed the doors. I'd say like, fast forward, like there are so many, I can look back now and be like, wow, there were so many people that then walked back into I'm going to back in, but like that, that passed through my life that I started to see that there was that option of returning back to the church. And it wasn't until I met my husband and he was, you know, we've probably been dating maybe 
maybe a month. And he was like, Hey, if this is going to go somewhere, like you have to go to church with me. And I was like, ah, okay. All right. Uh, you know, like, uh, okay. Um, and I went with him one Sunday and was just blown away by the people there. I loved that church so much. We were actually there for over, I mean, I was over there 10 years. I don't remember exactly how long my husband was a member there. And the community there was just amazing. Like I, I have trouble explaining how beautiful the people were, how welcoming they were. Like I remember the first time I walked in and everybody was hugging and I'm not a Southerner by birth. I, I am now, but I was just like, what is with these people? Like, why is everyone hugging me? Like, it's a lot of touching going on. <laughs> what is this? Um, and the church was extremely diverse where you had people from, you know, I, I, mean, I don't even know, like there had to have been like 30 to 50 countries represented and all looks and walks of life. And it was so beautiful. And to see how, this group of people truly embodied what, I mean, in my opinion, what heaven is going to look like when we get there was just so like deep and touching. It was like, okay, perhaps I can open the doors again. Um, and, and that was the, like, I guess the beginning of chapter two or three, like where, wherever I am now, like now, I, you know, I'm fast forwarding. It's been, oh, wow. I'm like, my husband and I have been together for like 18 years, I think. So, or maybe 17 years. I probably should know that. Um, <laughs> at this point, like now I have this seven or 18 years, whichever it is, I have to do math. Um, I have all this evidence to work through and life is so different now. You know, and we are at a different church now and we've become leaders and I've gotten so much stronger in my faith, but it was a journey because I had to go from being willing to experience that or being willing to like open up to even have that experience to see who he was in the first place, but then to be willing to open back up again after I got hurt. And it is a very hard one lesson to be able to separate people from like, quote unquote, the church and the body that we are, because we're always going to have parts that are hard. And we're like, I mean, we live in a fallen world and no one's perfect. And there's always going to be people who are hurting others' feelings, even when it's not intentional. A lot of times we're just not, we're not aware. And also I don't think we can be aware of all the ways that we're affecting other people because our brains just don't have that capacity. And, um, you know, we can get better at it, but we're never going to see, you know, domino number seven in the action of where we are. So having that ability now is like, okay, well, I'm, I'm a little older and a little wiser and I can see that, yes, I can't expect everyone to be like Jesus. I can't expect everyone to be perfect. And being able to wrestle with where is, I don't want to say where forgiveness is earned because it's never earned. We're always supposed to forgive, but like, where do I then give them another chance or do I forgive and then say where we're, we're burning ways. Um, so yeah, I'm really 
really thankful that God continued to pursue me in that, you know, probably seven years that I was away and that he continued to bring people in all along the way. And then also once I was willing to be like, okay, let me just creak the doors open a little. I'll show up to your church. I'm not giving you any guarantees. And, you know, the, that he allowed so many people to cross in my path and show me that it is, it is worth it. And it is good. I love that. So it's so interesting that you're talking about this in the way that it is, because, um, in December, we're actually doing a Bible study. I'm going to be hosting a Bible study, um, through finding faith above all about relationship versus religion. And a lot of this, I was talking to a, a good friend of mine yesterday about this, about how it's almost like, okay, so we have our religion, which is, you know, our Christian faith and how the Bible defines religion is actually in a good way, which we, in our culture, we kind of like, Oh, religion, you know, we put up a lot of walls there. Um, but in the Bible, you know, it actually talks about, um, in, in a very positive light in that, you know, we have, we care for people and, and that's what Jesus is wanting us to do. And, and what God is, how God is working in our life. But then we have our relationship like that faith opens up the door for us to develop that relationship with Jesus and actually get to know him, just like what you're saying, you know, getting to actually know him as opposed to just knowing about all the rules of God, <laughs> but actually knowing him. And then that is how, what we take forward into the church. And so a lot of times, you know, we do this backwards, like we get the church and then it's like, well, now we'll dabble in some relationship. And I guess that's our religion. It's like, it goes the opposite direction. Um, exactly. But exactly what you're saying. I mean, that relationship is just so important in developing that aside from the church, aside from the people, aside from everything else, because then if, you know, the church falls and I've heard this so many times that if leadership disbands and different things happen, that people then become lost again. Right. But having that relationship first and then being able to use that in whatever community we're in, doesn't matter mm -hmm. that that is just so important. Is that what you would say too, has kind of been your experience? Yeah. It, I mean, it's hard because we, we're always going to look for the, those of us who are around us, especially like when we look at church leadership, that we, we want them to be amazing and we want them to be so dependable and exactly what we need and all this. And we put expectations on them that were never asked of them or that they never agreed to. And it, not to say that we, we don't need role models and leaders and all that, but we also can't put all of our faith in them to the point where it almost becomes like an idol and we're, we're putting that group of people, the church on a higher pedestal than our own relationship with him, because it's true. Like something might happen. Like we've been through that once where we had a pastor who made some very unfortunate choices and had to be let go. Um, and there, it, and it was hard. It was so hard, but yet we're not guaranteed anything in this life. So it's the same look of, you know, Hey, what if, 
you end up getting transferred for work. If all your faith is in that group of people at your church, then you don't have that in the new location. So it's like, we are called to create that community and support each other, but it can't supersede our relationship with him because that's always gonna be with us. Whereas we don't know what the group of people is going to be around us. And it's, and it's hard to balance because we don't wanna be like, well, meh, who needs those people? Like they come and go. Well, you know, <laughs> it's not that callous, but it's this careful um, appreciation, I guess, for both because mm-hmm. we need both. We need our relationship with him and we need the village and the community and the people to keep us accountable and to help, you know, push us forward when we're dragging or we're not really doing what we should be doing. Um, you know, we need someone to be there and be like, hey, all right, you know, you said you wanted to spend more time in the word daily. Like, are you doing that? You know, you need those people around you to support you. Um, but yeah, it can't supersede what you have with him because that will always be there. That will always be there, even when we ignore it and don't want it there or try to shove it under the rug. He will always be there. Right. Right. Yes. I love it. It's so funny that you can't remember how long you've been with your husband, because I was just thinking this the other day and the (laughs) same two numbers are in my head. So my husband and I met in 2020, first semester of college in 2020. So I can always remember that how long we've been together. I cannot ever remember how long we've been married. It's terrible. So I'm like, is it 17 years? Is it 18 years? It's 17, 17. (laughs) I'm like, we met. I'm like, okay, no, it's 2004. Yes. I'm like math. Yeah. That's 17 years, right? Yeah. 17 years. I love though, how he asked you to go to church. And I think that, you know, having a marriage that can be rooted um, in God is just so much stronger. So would you say that's still a big part of your guys's life now? Oh, for sure. Um, we, we are very, very involved in, um, the church that we're now we're currently, um, leading a small house church, um, which is like our equivalent of like small group at our church. And, um, we were elders at the previous church that I was telling you about. And it is, it's a, how do I word that? I'm like, it's a lot of work. (laughs) it is a lot of work to serve your community well and I think it's important that we also take rest because if you're always doing and you're always going and you're always serving you're not then replenishing yourself so you need that too um but it's also such a, a blessing to us because it does hold us accountable it requires us to spend time talking about the word, you know, when we're leading a lesson on Wednesday nights, we, we have to talk about that. Um, and there's some Wednesdays where we're like rolling around at dinner time and we're like, Bleh! we didn't talk about this. And it's not the best level of preparation, but it's, it's, um, but it holds us accountable to each other far more. And I'm very thankful that he was raised in a, a family that held that as a very, like high value and that he has really never wavered in his faith. I mean, he's definitely, I mean, you know, we, we all went through the, you know, angsty teenage years and the like, you know, kind of lackluster college years. I mean, not all of us, some of us were better than others, but, um, but he, his faith has just been so steadfast. And I'm really thankful that I have someone like that as a partner, because I, 
can look at my friends who are not equally yoked and it is a very heavy burden to carry. And, um, and we pray for them a lot because it is, it, it is hard. Like, I wish I had a better word. I'm like, it's just so difficult to be in a marriage where you're not both on the same page. Um, but, but also perhaps that's your calling in, in ministering to that person and their family. And, you know, that's a whole, whole can of worms we, we don't need to get into today, yeah. but it's, it, I think there's an amazing level of strength and persistence that comes when, when you're praying for your spouse. Yeah. Yeah. And being there for them. Uh, my husband and I did a little thing a while back, um, called vertical marriage. Um, it was through our church. It was really cool, but mm -hmm. it was really talking about, you know, strengthening your relationship with God first and how that can, you know, move into every part of your life, including your marriage and strengthen yes. it. And so being able to do that together is, was really awesome. So I wanted to ask you, Many of our ladies who are here and listening, they are at the cusp of really their moving forward, their relationship mm -hmm. with Jesus and finding faith. Mm -hmm. What would be something that you would want to share with them to encourage them on how to find that faith, how to move forward and how to grow their relationship with, with Jesus? I think for, for one is just figuring out that the time that you can spend with him one-on-one, -on -one, even like, especially as if you're a mom or you're in a really busy season at work or family dynamics, finding that time every day to spend with him, even if it's just 30 seconds. But a lot of times we feel like we have to sit down with this fancy Bible study and get out the book and the notebook and the highlighters and the post-its and like, it's like, go big or go home. And he doesn't ask us of that in or he doesn't ask that of us in every season. Yes, there are seasons where you have time to really delve in, but there's also seasons where you have a newborn and 30 second prayers over the sink washing dishes is better than nothing. Like that is okay. So knowing that you don't have to come up with this, you don't have to have like the perfect situation or the perfect study or the perfect quiet time in order to spend time with him. We can do that throughout our day. Um, you know, those little times of, you know, what can you attach it to something that you do every day, whether that's like drinking your coffee or, you know, brushing teeth or, you know, every time you pull out of your parking space or your driveway, like anywhere that you can sneak that in, in the crevices is better than nothing. Um, and then the second would be finding that community that supports you and accepts you and, um, it's very hard to find the right group and to feel comfortable, but I would say like beyond measure, that's so worth it. So even though it might take you a little while to find the right group of people, keep looking until you find that space where you find that group, that group that's going to be your village, even if it's just a couple of people, um, there is the right group for you because God doesn't ask us to do this life alone by any means. He talks so much about creating the church and not, um, not the building, but the people, the people are the church. So he has set us up to flourish 
and have that community. So it's there. We just have to find it. And that's hard because, you know, our feelings get hurt and we feel rejected or these people don't get me or I don't feel like they know who I am and you know, all that comes with it, especially I think as women, we just, we have so much baggage and <laughs> friendship wounds and all that. So I would, I just want to encourage you to keep going, find the people that make sense for you. And then as you grow with your relationship and then you have that supportive community, they'll build off each other where you'll really find a place that makes you feel comfortable and that you're growing in, in your faith. For sure. For sure. So how is God working within your life right now? I listened to your amazing little podcast. I think it's awesome, but how's God working in your life now? (laughs) Um, oh, he, he's something, man. Um, (laughs) I would say, I mean, in so many ways, it's hard to like put a fingerprint on it, but I would say the two big things that I'm, I see where he's working right now. Um, maybe I may end up listing more than two, but, um, for one, it it is with the podcast. I mean, I started my podcast, um, two and a half years ago because God literally said to me, I want you to start a podcast for moms who have ADHD. And I was like, Lord, you've lost your mind. No, (laughs) there's no way because I am an introvert. I spent my whole life hiding who I really was and like trying to fit in. And, and I don't even listen to podcasts, let alone know how to podcast. Like, what are you talking about? Like, this is crazy. And he clearly responded back. If not you, then who? And I was like, Oh man. Okay. And you know, it took me a solid, probably six months to pull it together and be like, okay, I, I, I will hit publish. Um, but now to see how many women are encouraged and the messages that I get. And like, I'm going to try not to get all teary. I didn't bring my tissue box over here. Like (laughs) to see that, that beauty in women who have always felt like they're on the outside and to hear someone else say that they also think that way or feel that way, or, you know, just to know like someone else has a brain like theirs and they're not alone and they're not broken and they're worthy. So worthy. Like it, it blows my mind sometimes when I'm like, how is this what I get to do every day? Like, this is amazing. Um, and I can see, like, I look back now and I'm like, oh, like all the parts of me that lined up to get to this point, like he was preparing me all this way and things where I never thought they would be connected are coming together for the, the podcast and, you know, teaching classes about how to get your crap together and not be a hot mess all the time. Like to see how he's put all the dominoes in place. It's just like, what? Like it, a lot of times we don't get that validation. Like we're doing all this work and we don't see the pieces come together. We just, we played one little role we planted one seed, we threw a little bit of water on that plant and we don't get to see the harvest. So to actually see the harvest is like, wow, this is crazy. Um, and then second would be, um, my health. I have, um, I've been really sick in the last year and a half and, um, he was, he's been so faithful. 
there were many times where I was like, God, why, why do I like, why am I this sick? Like I've already dealt with enough. I've come over, like overcome so many obstacles. Like why, why another one? And, um, and in that case, like, I don't know, I don't know what we're, or I sure hope there's a reason we're doing this because it's been really hard. Um, but I have felt like, as I've been praying the whole way through, like, he's clearly like, you will get better and you're going to use this. So just keep on going, keep on going. And, um, if I compare like how sick I was a year ago to now, it's like, wow, I, by no means am I healthy, by no means am I better, but the, the difference is, is awe-inspiring. And I'm so thankful that he didn't abandon me when I was questioning and when I was struggling, like he was always there in the, in the prayers, even the time, like there were times where I didn't feel him there, but I know he was. Um, and I, I, I would say those would be like the main two. I could keep going up. I mean, I could talk about him all day, but I would say those are the main two that I'm really, um, thankful for. And his point. steadfast love. That's it. You know how many times it says that in the Bible, his steadfast love that he's there for us, regardless of what's going on. When I was going through kind of a little rough patch in my life as well with some different things and, um, God, just, just praying and praying. And, and he just told me, he said, um, this isn't going to be easy, but it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And like, I was like, Oh, like that. I mean, just, that was, and I just kept saying that, you know, going through those hard times and just continuing to pray. And, and I just heard him so clearly say, this isn't going to be easy, but it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And we don't know why things happen sometimes, but, um, yeah. you know, I mean, just knowing that he's there for us. Yeah. And I think, and it's hard because we, we always pray for miracles, right? We always pray to be better. We always pray for this to go away. We always pray for this to be solved. And sometimes it's not fixed and sometimes it's not solved and we don't understand. Some things can't be fixed. Some things can't be reversed. Um, That's the part of living on earth and not, not in heaven. And there comes a point where you're able to turn around and look back and see how far you've come. And that's the point where you can turn around and start to really heal mentally and spiritually, even if you're not physically better, even if the, there's those scars are still fresh and very much visible. Um, but I f- in my opinion, everything we go through is either to prepare us for something else or to help us help someone else. I don't think anything we do, like, I don't think we go through pain in order to help others, but I think we are so much better equipped to help others when we've experienced that pain, because we, we can never understand what someone else is going through because everyone else has their own cocktail of obstacles and struggles, but when we can understand a piece of it and say, Hey, I, I've been here. I understand that it's really hard. Maybe it's not the same thing you're dealing with, but I get that. And 
I'm here to listen and like help you through it. And if you need some tips, if not, you just want a listening ear, hey, I'm here. That's where we start to create connection. And that's where we start to grow together. And that's where we build relationships. Because if we're just sitting there talking about fluffy things like the weather and the school pickup line, then we're not truly connecting with people. And those struggles are what allow us to be like open and vulnerable. And if I'm not willing to speak up first and say, I dealt with this hard thing. And the other person saying, well, I'm not, I'm not talking about the hard thing first. You go first. You know, we don't ever connect. But in being willing to open up and say, hey, I'm dealing with this and it's hard, or I've dealt with this and it's hard, that's where we can really lift up others and help carry that burden with them. Yes. And amen. Yes. I totally agree. I mean, that's what, going back to what we were talking about earlier, you know, having that community and having those people to help you through it. So, all right. So I wanted to find out a little bit more about where people could find you if they are just really feeling like we need to get some help with our ADHD and motherhood and everything that comes with it. (laughs) Where do they find you? Uh, So I am motherhood and ADHD everywhere. So all my social handles, Instagram, Facebook, and all, um, and the website is motherhoodandadhd.com. And if you would like to get your crap together with some extra help, um, my classes are at bit.ly forward slash ADHD mama. It's all lowercase letters. And also you can find them on the website. Um, And I, yeah, I love helping moms with ADHD figure out how to truly enjoy their motherhood and start to love themselves. Well, thank you so much, Patricia. You are such an inspiration. I will keep you and your health in my prayers as well. Thank you. And just hope everything just continues to just go better and better for you. So thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. Are you more of a visual person? Well, I am too. In fact, I am an artist at heart. Head on over to findingfaithabove.com to find art that will inspire your faith, as well as videos and books and Bible studies and all the good stuff to help you on this faith journey, because together we can make his grace known. And if you feel like you're carrying a load of baggage and you just need a moment to be able to unload so that you can move forward with your faith, well then come join me for an unstuck session where we can grind out some of this more difficult things that we've been dealing with after leaving the church and move forward with faith and love in Jesus. Don't forget to subscribe and I will catch you next time on Finding Faith Above.